to the DGD Podcast, the Georgia Bulldogs Podcast for Dogs. From the gun again on first down, fires wide, Juan Daniels, touchdown Georgia. This is your favorite receiver, Juan Daniels, and you're listening to the DGD Podcast with my man, Robert Reynolds. Go Dogs! Welcome. Welcome to the DGD Podcast, guys, uh, live on YouTube. Make sure you like this video if you like the content. Also, subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, big show today, obviously talking LSU here. Got Blake Rafino from Are You Serious Sports. Blake, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. I appreciate y'all having me on. Uh, looking forward to it, my man, for sure. Absolutely. You know, I, earlier I did, uh, a while back, I took my predictions out for the uh, SEC East, SEC West. You know, you might find it interesting. I got LSU finishing second uh, behind Alabama this year in the West. So, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that and, and why, you know, maybe talk about uh, why I have them at second and maybe hear your takes on, you know, maybe why they could possibly be a threat for, you know, the SEC West champion. I'm not saying that you, you might or might not, but definitely a threat in my opinion. Uh, we'll talk about a little bit about that right there. Obviously, guys, going to talk about LSU with, with some recent news for them. Uh, obviously with Miles Brennan, one of their quarterbacks coming into this uh, offseason, uh, suffering a broken arm, if I'm not mistaken. Right, Blake? Yeah, broken left humerus in the left arm. Yeah, that just that just sounds uh, shitty there. Uh, obviously, we'll talk a little bit about that right there. Uh, you know, the, the looming uh, allegation situation there uh, in the bayou as well. Uh, you know, definitely don't want to sit here and, and dwell on that. I, but I do think it's going to be interesting – to see if it's a distraction this season. And we'll talk a little bit uh, more about that as the show goes on. But first, man, hey, look, I'm glad you're on. Uh, You know, I like LSU. Uh, I I think they're going to have a really good season this year. You know, looking back to last year, it was a really weird season, but it was also a down season uh, for LSU. You know, looking at, you know, kind of doing a little review, I guess. Uh, You know, kind of a a shaky quarterback situation, in my opinion, led to – uh, a rough season uh, for the Tigers. Uh, you know what? What was going on last year? That, that I mean, from your experience here with LSU, what caused you know that kind of slip uh, last year? I, I think that there's not one specific thing um, that you can point to and say that why LSU, I guess, slipped up or or, or had a, a season that they weren't looking into. Um, but I, what I would say is that I think that you have, you know, with COVID, when you had, you know, Ed going on Fox Business News, you know, saying something that something that I, I some people, whether you like it, love it or hate it, um, you know, giving President Trump a compliment and, and not going over well because of the climate that our, that our country was in. So I, I think that there was a lot of things accumulated now. Then you had players like Tyler Shelvin, Kerry Vincent, Jamar Chase all opt out. And then in the season, obviously, we know about Terrace Marshall and Eric Gilbert, who's now at Georgia. Yep. So a lot of these guys that opted out and didn't finish through the season. And I think that this this team, it's interesting because Ed Orgeron and LSU has gone this before. If you remember the loss to Troy, if you remember some, th- some bad games that they had, they've always bounced back. Then the following week against the loss in Troy, they go out and they beat Florida. So I think that this team rallied with only 46 guys that were on scholarship going into Gainesville and winning that game, beating the SEC East champ, which started to 
show that this team, that they had the talent, that they had the guys that can go out there and win. So I think from that aspect, and obviously Miles going down, look, Miles Brennan's a guy that has never been healthy in the five years that he's been at LSU. In 2000, I've been on record saying this, and, and LSU to this point has now confirmed it, but in 2018 – LSU, through parts of the season, only had one scholarship quarterback, and his name was Joe Burrow. Against Alabama, he had a dislocated shoulder. He probably shouldn't have played that game, but being the leader and the man that he is, and in this great state of Louisiana who just walks on water, I think that, you know, he he, he toughed it out, and he went out there, and then we know what happens after that, you know, they go to A&M and the overtime game, and then they play UCF, and we know what happens in 19. Miles just seems like the guy that just isn't focused. And so when he went down, you had two freshman quarterbacks that had really no offseason, a a place where they couldn't learn, a place where they couldn't, you know, gain the reps because that had to go to Miles Brennan because you'd only had a limited time in the offseason anyway. No spring, limited fall, and it going into last season. So – I think that this situation obviously is going to be different. Camp starts today. Um, we'll be out there tomorrow um, for that and, and for them kicking off their practice. So I think that it's a broad, it's a re- very lengthy answer, but I think that there was just a lot of things that happened last season that we'll see does this season ma- materialize that way. And I think because of you know the COVID and having a full season, I don't think that it will, and I think that LSU will be right that back there up on, on top. See, I was looking last year at, and keeping up with really as much as I try to do here. It just didn't seem like a right year for them. I felt like there was so much distraction, uh, you know, down in Louisiana that it really impacted your play on the field. And you kind of saw that, you know, obviously everybody knows the 2019 team and, you know, losing as much as you did right there, everybody kind of expected a, a step back. Um, you know, obviously you're not going to kind of replicate the historic levels that y'all saw in 19. Um, you know, I expected, I expected that kind of fall back, uh, you know, but then you start hearing about these allegations. I think last year was when it really started to surface uh, and become huge news. You know, so in my opinion, I thought it'll look like, you know, there was, like you said, the mixture here, uh, you know, the allegations when they first started, that's, that's a, that's a big toll. You know, that takes a big toll on a, on a team really. Um, you know, then you sit there, you you know, you're talking about the climate around, you know, the country and things like that. And there's just so much outside, you know, really just uh, interaction and distractions that it just impacted your play. Now, look, as a Georgia fan, I'm telling you right now, there are games that will live in our hearts and our minds forever. But the LSU game where y'all won, you know, super foggy. Uh, obviously, everybody knows Marco Wilson throwing that shoot. Look, that's one of my favorite games just because I'm a Gator hater, man. And, you know, kind of to tie into this, you know, this game, you know, it's one of these things where LSU and Florida has become a, a big rivalry uh, and kind of like one of those created rivalries, right? Like, what was it like? Did, were you at the game or were you just watching it on TV, the LSU game? Which year are you talking about specifically? Well, this past year, uh, the LSU game where Marco threw the shoe. Were you there at the game, uh, or were you watching on TV? No, I was watching. Yeah, I was watching it on TV. Yeah, but I w- last year I did not go to any to any games, unfortunately. Gotcha. Not you know watching that game. I, I can vividly remember you know seeing the penalty toward the end of the game, 
And, and really, Florida's defense was was terrible last year. And this was, if I'm not mistaken, that was the first game that Max Johnson had came in, and uh, you know that was his yep. first start, if I'm not mistaken. So you know, yep. watching that game up to this point, you know, just keeping up with the game, it was a really good game. Uh, you know, the, the defense actually stood up compared to what I thought it was going to happen because Florida last year had a for his, for their purposes a historic offense with Trask and Pitts, Tony and company there. The the interesting thing for me was the fact that, you know, Max Johnson kept them in the game and the defense held their own enough to sit here and and keep y'all in the game. And then obviously Florida did Florida and threw the shoe and I I, I vividly remember being just stunned and almost rolling down a hill laughing when I saw what happened, caused a 15-yard penalty, it was it was hilarious. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of people talk about the shoe, but the, I mean, what happened to the other 59 minutes of the game, right? Like, oh no, oh, no. you oh, know, yeah. so I, I, it's a pet, kind of a little bit of a pet peeve of mine. Now, does a play at the end of the game change a lot of things? Yes, but it does. It's not everything that happens. One play can change the momentum and the swing and how things go. But what again? What happens the other fifty nine minutes? I think that the the simple fact that Kyle Trask threw a couple interceptions, had a fumble, had a pick six. Those are things that obviously changed that game. And, and look, LSU's defense did kind of step up. You know, the funny thing is, is in the in, the, in those two weeks against Florida and Ole Miss, LSU had two turn or nine turnovers and or forced nine turnovers, but they still gave up a lot of yards and a lot of points. Because the offense couldn't sustain drives with the running game, so I, I. But they were able to find a way to win. When you're able to find ways to win, that's what gives your team confidence. Coming from a, a, a place where you, you know, LSU was facing a three and seven uh, scenario, where they would have at the end of the season three and seven, the first time in twenty years where they have a losing season. And then they come out and they fight with a limited amount of individuals. I think that you saw the connection between Max Johnson and Kayshawn Booty. A lot of people talk about Max Johnson and and what he did in cleanup time. I, I I mean, I look at it, but I don't think that you can justify what a quarterback does in cleanup time versus what he does in two starts. So I think that, again, that was the momentum. I think that that was the momentum shifter. And it, it was a big it was a big win for him. And going into this season, especially now that you have the entire O line besides Dare Rosenthal, who we know who's the starting left tackle now at uh, Kentucky, yep. uh, you return the entire offensive line, you return the entire defensive line, you return the return the entire linebackers. Plus, you add guys like Mike Jones and Buck Strong. Who? The entire Bugs. Oh, Mike Jones, right? Who Mike <laughs> Jones? Yeah, the uh, you return the entire DB room. Besides Jacoby Stevens, and quite honestly, I thought Jacoby Stevens had probably his worst years in LSU Tiger. So when you when you look at that, I think that LSU's equipped with experience. You know, there are a lot of people have talked about LSU's depth, but I want somebody to articulate to me why why do you believe that they don't have the depth? De- there, there's a there's an interesting thought process in this. Do you have the bodies? Do you have the depth, or do you have a lack of experience but you have depth? So I think the LSU does have a lot of talent in all position groups on this team besides one, and that's quarterback. They don't have a lot of depth there. So, the, and obviously that being the biggest one, you know, you can't go into a season saying that you believe that Max Johnson is going to get hurt, but I think that he was going to be your starter regardless of what happened. And so now with camp starting, he was going to get at least 90% of the reps 
which is going to be good moving forward. Absolutely. Looking at, you know, looking at coming into this season, right, you you had a lot of guys opt out that left. But LSU historically is just full of athletes and really most positions. Uh, one of my things that I've noticed about it, especially last year going into this year, uh, throughout the offseason, and you pointed this out, the, the, the lack of depth at quarterback. And, and really that's the one spot that you really need that kind of depth at. And obviously you can't predict injuries, things like that. But, you know, with Finley going to Auburn, transferring out, going to Auburn, uh, you know, and then Miles Brennan, right? Like that's obviously a huge hit, you know, because, we, you know, Garrett Nussmeyer, you know, is a good quarterback. I, I think he'll be fine, but I don't think he's ready yet. And, you know, obviously you don't you don't want to think about injury, but, you know, all it would take is just one, and then you're really in a in a in a bind. But you know, looking at it this way, though, take a positive out of this negative here. You know, you know obviously the situation happens, and now that forces Max Johnson into the starting role uh, without question. Uh, so now, you know, like you said, you're getting more reps, and that's only going to do better thing or do better uh, and make good progress here for your offense. Uh, I'm talking into, you know, when I saw. Uh, when I saw him play last year against Florida, you know, it really stood out to me. I'm like, okay, this guy can do it. Like he can really, you know, make the plays, things like that. And for his first start, I really thought he impressed me, uh, you know, and then as, you know, obviously off season and things like that. So I'm looking forward to Max uh, and see what he brings to that offense. I think he would operate the, uh, the offense better than miles in my opinion. And, I, and I've had him booked as a starter uh, for a while. I thought it was just the writing was on the wall. Uh, he just brings more athleticism and things like that than Miles could do. Uh, no discredit to Miles himself, but I just thought that Max would be the better guy anyway. Uh, you know, obviously looking before, you know, before Finley transferred out, you know, there was a kind of a question where, you know, could Finley be the guy? But, you know, what I saw last year, I, I just don't know if he would have been the guy either. So I think it was kind of Max's to to lose, in my, at least in my opinion. What do you think? Would that be fair to assume from an outsider standpoint? I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree. I agree with you in, in in the terms of that. Max, in my opinion, was always going to be the starter, and I don't even think it's opinion. Um, I do think that he runs the RPO game a lot better. Um, look, but I think that you know, you you guys knowing this at Georgia, you had to walk on and Stetson Bennett the fourth. I mean, that doesn't. Uh, the problem that I'm that I'm having is, is that a lot of people are saying, well, you can't run your offense. Well, says whom? Says whom? True. Because at the, at the end of the day, it's not – I get that you 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 got to maybe scale back, tell Max to get down, but we saw what Georgia did last year with a walk-on and Stetson Bennett. Now, they didn't want to get where they wanted to go, and I understand that, but when you're on your third-string quarterback, regardless if he's a scholarship guy or not, nine times out of ten, that kid's most likely a freshman. The kid's most likely a guy that you don't want to be in there anyway – so with all of that being said, with all of that being said, y- you can still win. You might just have to modify. I don't think you change your offense completely. I think what you do change is, is you tell Max, hey, if it's not warranted, don't take the hit. And you're going to tell him that anyway. Why wouldn't you tell your quarterback to get down? So I-, I think that LSU needs to continue to run their offense, maybe not as, you know, you're not going to want to see Max getting 14, 15, 16 carries a, a game, but you're going to want to find a way to get him eight, nine, 10, possibly even to 12 if it warrants it. Because if he's not taking hits, there's no harm, no foul there. Look, so 
I do have the struggle of from the, the depth perspective because look around college football. Okay, Georgia has a very uh, uh, deep class of quarterbacks. Well, next year you're not going to have that. Those guys are going to leave. That's the problem that every college football team has around the country is the depth problem at quarterback because these guys leave. Look at USC when JT Daniels transferred. They had two scholarship guys. Then one guy was coming in. He winds up reclass. You know, there's so many different things that goes on there. Quarterback is a position that you see the most movement. It'd be interesting to me to see if LSU can can add a walk on with name, image, and likeness. A guy that was a scholarship guy that's now in the portal. Uh, does does he want to walk on? Maybe LSU or I say LSU, but I think you guys understand what I'm saying. Does LSU find him a deal? Does somebody around LSU find him a deal to give you some depth? You know, there's a there's a conversation that people believe that Miles Brennan will be back in eight weeks. I don't believe that. I think that that's Rudy Poo. I, I just think that that's garbage. I mean, you can't you can't just do that. You can't just say, oh well, I believe. At that point, you got to start giving some facts. And the the problem is that you don't have facts. So we'll see. But I do think that Max Johnson uh, is going to have a good year. Situation here. I, one of my things with LSU is. You know, typically, you know, all around have a great offense. Uh, what I saw in 2019, is that something that is an anomaly in the sense of what we saw schematically? Is Because it seemed like in 2019, y'all were shooting, you know, shooting the ball down the field every which way. Is that something that, you know, what's changed offensively when losing Brady? Is that going to – is that something that – you know, you said the RPO. Is, is he going to see more short routes, or do you expect Max Johnson to to be able to sling it downfield and kind of throw this balanced offense? What What are your thoughts and expectations going into the season uh, offensively? I, I guess just for me being an outsider, you know, obviously RPO, you kind of see short routes and, and quick routes. But, you know, is are you going to see a lot of deep routes? I know with Kayshawn Butte, that would probably be your best shot there. But I know there's more than just uh, Kayshawn there. It, what do you think about yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, th- I think about that, and people call, you know, somebody here locally called Max Johnson the check down Charlie. Well, says whom? Well, the, the problem with that argument is, is that you had the kid through for over 700 yards in two weeks. Okay, good, so good numbers. So how do you check it? Then it means a lot of people got yak yards and a lot of people got catches. Well, that wasn't the case. One guy got catches against Ole Miss, and you divvy the ball around against Florida. So I think that LSU, and we saw this with Florida against Alabama in the championship game, and LSU in 2019 against Alabama and Georgia. They attacked the middle of the field all night long. Nine to, used to be where you attacked teams outside the numbers or at the numbers. Teams are attacking across the middle. From a schematic standpoint, I think that it would be it's going to have some Joe Brady feel from a passing game with passing game coordinator DJ Mangus who's the best friend of Joe Brady. But I think that you'll see more of an Alabama last year type of scenario or scheme because I think that Jake Peet, you know, coming from that system, being with Sarkeesian, being around Kiffin, being around Loxley, being around Brady, it's all the same stuff. I think that you'll see a lot of different mixtures in that and, and putting his own flavor and spin into it. So uh, the short game is all, you know, it, it, people say the short game, the short game, the short game. Well, we saw Max throw a 45-yard bomb to Kayshawn Booty against Florida when he's very well covered and put it right in his hands. I think it obviously comes down to what the defense dictates for you and and how you what you want to do. What's the play call? What are you seeing? Are they backing out in zone when you run the RPO that you can hit a quick slant? If they're going to give you 10 yards every play, 
then hell yeah, you give them 10, you're going to get those 10 yards every play because you're going to get five, you're probably going to get 10 to 12 yards. And that's how you move the six. If they want to continue to play soft, then you go after them with some quick passing games. If they want to come up in the box, if they want to play man, hell yeah, you attack them deep. And I think Matt Max showed that when, you know, Ole Miss and, and Florida had absolutely no answer for, for LSU, you know, they would, it's kind of like a boxer, right? They would jab you, but they would jabby, jabby, come with the haymaker. But I, Ensminger's not here. Steve Ensminger, the former offensive coordinator, is not here anymore. But I think that you saw him go strictly RPO uh, with Max Johnson, and you saw that those offensive schemes. So, really, really, we don't know what we're going to look at. Okay, we saw him in the spring game, but they ran a very vanilla offense. We don't know exactly what we'll look at moving forward, but we'll see. Looking, you know, LSU is kind of this intriguing team for me because it's nothing wrong with LSU. It's just there's so many questions from an outsider standpoint that, you know, Georgia looks at uh, just everything going on there, right? I look at it that way. You know, to me, it seemed like the offense and really the team found its own strides with Max there. Uh, This is another reason why I have them going second this year, you know. You look around the SEC West, uh, you know, you bring back some experience, not a ton, but you bring back some experience at quarterback, um, you know, with Max. And, you know, but there are some things that, you know, LSU lost. Uh, The biggest fish, in my opinion, that Georgia knows all too well now is Eric Gilbert. In my opinion, we kind of made a trade here uh, between teams. You you know, you Major Burns uh, transfers from Georgia, goes back home to LSU, which I think is going to be a huge uh, addition in the uh, more so at the safety position because let's be honest, your cornerbacks uh, are all American duo right there, and uh, Ricks and Stingley. Uh, I think he can be a definite contributor if in the nickel, uh, in a nickel package, or maybe at a safety, depending on how y'all want to use him there. But let's talk a little bit about uh, a Rick Gilbert. What you know, obviously Georgia coming out of high school, Marietta. You know, everybody thought he was going to be you know either Bama or Georgia, and really surprised people going LSU. You know, going in last year, what did Arik Gilbert bring to the LSU offense? And, and and translates, I guess, from a Georgia perspective, what should Georgia fans expect from Arik Gilbert this year? I don't think anybody on the plant on planet Earth knows what to expect from Eric Gilbert this year. Okay, I mean, he, he you know, we I look at Missouri, right? I mean, I think that the kid is extremely talented. Okay, extremely talented nobody can take away the kid's talent level I think the problem with Eric is you know and I saw Georgia said that he's you know somehow some way um gonna qualify and be academically eligible which (laughs) man I you know if he wasn't there at LSU I wonder how he got there with Georgia and and you got Kirby saying well we didn't know anything about it SEC media days yeah that's a lie can he stay on the field you know, and, and can he not pout when the ball's not coming his way? You know, there was a lot of talk in the beginning of the season that he was extremely mad and livid that LSU wasn't giving him the football. Well, you know, you going to Georgia where, look, I, I'm not saying that, that Kirby's not going to open this offense up. I think that he does. But look, brother, they got weapons across the field at Georgia. I mean, I think Georgia's running game, everybody says, oh, the guy's not going to the running game. Says whom? 
I mean, <laughs> you, that team was running the football very effectively. I, I, and Eric Gilbert, I think you got to find a way to make him to make sure that he doesn't get frustrated with himself and get frustrated with the team. And he, mentally, he locks in and gets ready to go. Now, does it help him being around family members? Sure, because look, if that kid's mentally right and ready to go, watch out. Watch out, because that kid can ball out and do some really good things. I think the problem, though, is can he stay on the field and can he get right? So if he does that, I think that you guys get a good one. Look, and we, <laughs> it's funny because we needed a safety and you guys needed – well, you already got a beast tight end, but maybe just another pass catcher. You know, I saw that they uh, Georgia listed Eric Gilbert as a wide receiver or something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, look, I, that kid – that kid – he doesn't want to block, though, and I think there was a bigger problem for him. LSU asked him to block, and he did not like that at all, like at, at, at all. He hated it. But look, man, this is the SEC, and if you've got a big body like that, you you can't be – I don't want to – the word soft is, is, is too harsh because yeah. I don't think he's soft, right? I think that he's a very physical player. You've got to be a willing blocker. You've got to be a guy that's willing to want to run in there and put your head on somebody – trade paint as you will and get after them you know the most unsung hero in 2019 lsu's offense is thaddeus moss thaddeus moss was a guy that did had a lot of receptions had a lot of good big plays but what people don't talk about the most is that how he did in the running game and how he dominated defensive ends you go put in that auburn film and he's dominating Derek Derek brown now He's dominating Derrick Brown at 230 pounds, and one play he pancakes him and stands over him, and I'm like, that's the intensity that you got to have as a tight end. Can Eric do that? We'll see. So it'll be very interesting moving forward. But I, I wish him all the luck. I hope I think that he's going to be really good at Georgia, and I think that they just got to find a way to get him the ball in space because he can be dangerous. Absolutely. Hey, man, look, I just wanted to thank you again for hopping on uh, and coming on and, and kind of opening my eyes and hopefully – uh, everybody listening and watching uh, the show, uh, opening them up about understanding what's going on with LSU and, and from a Georgia perspective, hey, what can we expect out of LSU? So I wanted to thank you again for coming on uh, and kind of giving us this insight. But before you go, hey, let people know where they can find you. Uh, obviously, you know, keep it up with Are You Serious Sports, man. Your live I love watching your live show. You're doing a great fucking job there. Uh, but let people know where they can find you, man. And uh, like I said, thanks for coming on again. Thanks, brother, man. Uh, you have AYS Sports across the board. That's AYS dash, or not dash, but space sports. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on YouTube. Follow us on Facebook at AYS Sports Network. Uh, live show Monday through Thursday from 7 to 8 p.m. Saturday mornings. Uh, as the football season's here, we're going to have a lot of live updates, not just on LSU, but around the SEC is we're going to be starting that. We'll give an, a huge update tomorrow uh, as camp starts. So uh, we'll just be on the lookout for that. And I, I appreciate you having me on. Hey, man, my pleasure. Uh, you know, guys, obviously, look, if you want to keep up with LSU, my man Blake is the guy to keep up with LSU, just for those that like to keep up with around the SEC. Hey, man, I'm going to let you go. Like I said, thanks for coming on, and I look forward to doing it again sometime. Thanks, man. Go Tigers. Hey, go dogs too. All right, guys, we're going to talk a little bit about, you know, obviously that was a little bit about LSU. I definitely want to talk a little bit before we uh, wrap up this show about, well, fall camp, right, from a Georgia perspective. Let's talk a little bit about Georgia. Uh, obviously, today is a big day. Uh, fall camp starts, uh, and that means that football is literally right around the corner. Me personally, I love keeping up with this. 
uh, I'm, I'm expecting next week to, you know, next show, uh, having a good amount of information coming from this. Uh, definitely going to be something worth watching uh, in regards to uh, some position battles, you know, mainly offensive line. I think will maybe a big deal there, uh, cornerback, right? Uh, and maybe the backup quarterback position. I think those are the biggest three positions for me uh, that I'm going to be looking at. Uh, definitely left tackle. Uh, you know, obviously I've said this before, uh, left tackle is going to be one of those things where I think for Clemson, you, you game plan one way and then you kind of just you're able to test things out uh, as we go. So, you know, I think, like I said, I think Sawyer's your guy for Clemson. Right. And then after that, you know, I, I think there's without a question or without a doubt, really, uh, Mims is going to have this opportunity uh, to start. So it's definitely worth watching. College football is right around the corner. Uh, you know, just it's t- it's a great time to be a fan of, you know, not only the greatest university in the country, and that's the University of Georgia, but also a fan of college football. I mean, like it's just it's at that time. Uh, yeah, it's a great time. And if anybody also keeps up with the NFL, look, our man Tyler Simmons, the one that is always known as being onsides. Everybody knows that will remember that got a touchdown in the Hall of Fame game, obviously, for the Steelers last night. Uh, for anybody that watched that, it was a good moment uh, to see him kind of get some of that uh, praise there. Uh, obviously, for me, I don't really keep up 100% of the NFL, but it was definitely worth noting, uh, you know, that we saw a dog have some success. Also, guys, I'm going to break it out and branch off a little bit about the Olympics. Guys, the Olympics, the Georgia Bulldogs alumni and really, you know, all these athletes are shining in the Olympics and have been since the start of this. Uh, so, you know, obviously, uh, congratulations on all the dogs winning Olympic medals, whether it be gold, bronze, silver. Uh, congratulations are in store for them. With that being said, though, guys, looking forward to this upcoming season. Obviously, if you haven't, you know, kept up with social media, uh, got a huge announcement. I'm going to make it live on the show here. Uh, former UGA great had him on the show before. Juan Daniels is going to be on full time uh, this season. Uh, giving you in-depth reviews and previews uh, this season. Uh, obviously going to be a fun time to be a dog fan and going to be a fun time to be on this show. With that, though, guys, look, make sure you like this video on YouTube. Uh, subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, for the audio for the audio folks here, you, wherever you get your podcast, make sure it's the show is everywhere. So make sure you like it. Uh, follow us, subscribe us if you're on Apple Podcasts. Give us, you know, a five star review. Hey, much appreciated, by the way, on that. But with that note, though, guys, I hope everybody has a great weekend and go, dogs.